Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 219. In our passages today, we'll see more judgment again from the book of Ezekiel against various nations, but we'll also see in Psalm 85 and John 9, an incredible picture of God's mercy to those who call out to him and that he is the one who has the power to give sight to the blind. So let's begin today with Ezekiel 25 to 27. The Lord's message came to me, saying, Son of man, turn toward the Ammonites and prophesy against them. Say to the Ammonites, Hear the word of the Sovereign Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You said, Aha! About my sanctuary when it was desecrated, about the land of Israel when it was made desolate, and about the house of Judah when they went into exile. So take note. I am about to make you slaves of the tribes to the east. They will make camps among you and pitch their tents among you. They will eat your fruit and drink your milk. I will make Rabbah a pasture for camels and Ammon a resting place for sheep. Then you will know that I am the Lord. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because you clapped your hands, stamped your feet, and rejoiced with intense scorn over the land of Israel, take note. I have stretched out my hand against you, and I will hand you over as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the peoples and make you perish from the lands. I will destroy you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Moab and Seir say, Look, the house of Judah is like all the other nations. So look, I am about to open up Moab's flank, eliminating the cities, including its frontier cities, the beauty of the land, Beth Shemosh, Baal Mion, and Cariathiam. I will hand it over along with the Ammonites to the tribes of the east, so that the Ammonites will no longer be remembered among the nations. I will execute judgments against Moab. Then they will know that I am the Lord. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Edom has taken vengeance against the house of Judah. They have made themselves fully culpable by taking vengeance on them. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will stretch out my hand against Edom, and I will kill the people and animals within her, and I will make her desolate from Timon to Dedan. They will die by the sword. I will exact my vengeance upon Edom by the hand of my people Israel. They will carry out in Edom my anger and rage. They will experience my vengeance, declares the Sovereign Lord. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says. The Philistines have exacted merciless revenge, showing intense scorn in their effort to destroy Judah with unrelenting hostility. So this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Take note. I am about to stretch out my hand against the Philistines. I will kill the Cariathites and destroy those who remain on the sea coast. I will exact great vengeance upon them with angry rebukes. Then they will know that I am the Lord when I exact my vengeance upon them. In the eleventh year, on the first day of the month, the Lord's message came to me saying, Son of man, because Tyre has said about Jerusalem, Aha, the gateway of the people is broken. It has swung open to me. I will become rich now that she has been destroyed. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am against you, O Tyre. I will bring up many nations against you, as the sea brings up its waves. They will destroy the walls of Tyre and break down her towers. 
I will scrape her soil from her and make her a bare rock. She will be a place where fishing nets are spread, surrounded by the sea. For I have spoken, declares the sovereign Lord. She will become plunder for the nations, and her daughters who are in the field will be slaughtered by the sword. Then they will know that I am the Lord. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. Take note of what I am about to bring, that I am about to bring King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, king of kings, against Tyre from the north, with horses, chariots, and horsemen, and an army, and hordes of people. He will kill your daughters in the field with the sword. He will build a siege wall against you, erect a siege ramp against you, and raise a great shield against you. He will direct the blows of his battering rams against your walls and tear down your towers with his weapons. He will cover you with the dust kicked up by his many horses. Your walls will shake from the noise of the horsemen, wheels and chariots when he enters your gates like those who invade through a city's broken walls. With his horse's hooves, he will trample all your streets. He will kill your people with the sword and your strong pillars will tumble down to the ground. They will steal your wealth and loot your merchandise. They will tear down your walls and destroy your luxurious homes. Your stones, your trees, and your soil will be thrown into the water. I will silence the noise of your songs. The sound of your harps will be heard no more. I will make you a bare rock. You will be a place where fishing nets are spread. You will never be built again. For I, the Lord, have spoken, declares the Sovereign Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to Tyre. Oh, how the coastlands will shake at the sound of your fall, when the wounded groan at the massive slaughter in your midst. All the princes of the sea will vacate their thrones. They will remove their robes and strip off their embroidered clothes. They will clothe themselves with trembling. They will sit on the ground. They will tremble continually and be shocked at what has happened to you. They will sing this lament over you. How you have perished. You have vanished from the seas. O renowned city, once mighty in the sea, she and her inhabitants who spread their terror. Now the coastlands will tremble on the day of your fall. The coastlands by the sea will be terrified by your passing. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, When I make you desolate like the uninhabited cities, when I bring up the deep over you and the surging waters overwhelm you, then I will bring you down by bygone people to be with those who descend to the pit. I will make you live in the lower parts of the earth among the primeval ruins with those who descend to the pit so that they, you will not be inhabited or stand in the land of the living. I will bring terrors on you and you will be no more. Though you are sought after, you will never be found again, declares the sovereign Lord. And the Lord's message came to me saying, You son of man, sing a lament for Tyre. Say to Tyre, who sits on the entrance of the sea, merchant to the peoples on many coasts, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. O Tyre, you have said, I am perfectly beautiful. Your borders are in the heart of the seas. Your builders have perfected your beauty. They crafted all your planks out of the fir trees from Sinar. They took a cedar from Lebanon to make your mast. They made your oars from oaks of Bashan. They made your deck with cypress wood from the coasts of Cyprus. Fine linen from Egypt woven with patterns will, will, was used for your sail to serve as your banner. Blue and purple from the coastlands of Elisha were used for your deck awning. The leaders of Sidon and Arvid were your rowers. Your skilled men, O Tyre, were your captains. The elders of Gebel and her skilled men were within you, mending cracks all the ships of the seas and their mariners here within you to trade for your merchandise. Men of Persia, lewd and put, were in your army, men of war. They hung shield and helmet on you. They gave you your splendor. The Arvidites joined your army on the walls all around you, and the Gamadites were in your towers. They hung their quivers on your walls all around. They lived perfected 
and per they perfected your beauty. Tarshish was your trade partner because of your abundant wealth. They exchanged silver, iron, tin, and lead for your products. Javan, Tubal, and Meshech were your clients. They exchanged slaves and bronze items for your merchandise. Beth Togamara exchanged horses, chargers, and mules for your products. The Dedanites were your clients. Many coastlands were your customers. They paid you with ivory tusks and ebony. Edom was your trade partner because of the abundance of your goods. They exchanged turquoise, purple, embroidered work, fine linen, coral, and rubies for your products. Judah and the land of Israel were your clients. They traded wheat from Minnith, millet, honey, olive oil, and balm for your merchandise. Damascus was your trade partner because of the abundance of your goods and all of your wealth. Wine from Heblon, or Helbon, white wool from Zahar, and casks of wine from Izel, they exchanged for your products. Wrought iron, cassia, and sweet cane were among your merchandise. Dedim was your client in saddlecloths for riding. Arabia and all the princes of Kedar were your trade partners for lambs, rams, and goats they traded with you. The merchants of Sheba and Ramah engaged in wealth with you. They traded the best kinds of spices along with the precious stones and gold for your products. Haran, Kenna, Eden, merchants from Sheba, Asher, and Kelmud were your clients. They traded with you choice garments, purple clothes and embroidered work, and multicolored carpets bound and reinforced with cords. These were among your merchandise. The ships of Tarshish were your transports of your mer merchandise, so you were filled and weighed down in the heart of the seas. Your rowers have brought you into surging waters. The east wind has wrecked you on the heart of the seas. Your wealth, products, and merchandise, your sailors and captains, your ships, carpenters, your merchants, all your fighting men within you, all with your along with all your crew who are with you, will fall into the heart of the seas on the day of your downfall. At the sound of your captain's cries, the waves will surge. They will descend from their ships, all who handle the oar, the sailors, and all the sea captains. They will stand on the land. They will lament loudly over you and cry bitterly. They will throw dust on their heads and roll on the ashes. They will tear out their hair because of you and put on sackcloth, and they will weep bitterly over you with intense mourning. As they wail, they will lament over you, chanting, Who was like Tyre, like a tower in the midst of the sea? When your products went out from the seas, you satisfied many peoples. With all the abundance of your wealth and merchandise, you enriched the kings of the earth. Now you are wrecked by the seas in the depths of the waters. Your merchandise and all of your company have sunk along with you. All the inhabitants of the coastlands are shocked at you, and their kings are horribly afraid. Their faces are troubled. The traitors among the peoples hiss at you, and you have become a whore, and you will be no more. And all these judgments that we've just heard, these different people, nations that have ignored God, were blind to their need to turn to him, were willingly turning their blind eye to him, and unwilling to say that all they had and all they were was ultimately truly a gift from God, and yet they failed to recognize and give God the credit and see him as the true God that now brings judgment upon them. In contrast, we see in Psalm 85 a response of people to actually turn to God in the midst of their struggles and trials and ask God to revive them, to restore them, and to show them the wonderful, loyal love that God is characterized by. And so let's turn to Psalm 85 and hear this call, a real call in our hearts that can be your call and my call in my heart to ask God to revive and restore us by showing us, by making us see the wonder of who he is. Psalm 85. 
for the music director, written by the Korahites, a psalm. O Lord, you showed favor to your land. You restored the well-being of Jacob. You pardoned the wrongdoing of your people. You forgave all their sin. You withdrew all your fury. You turned back from your raging anger. Restore us, O God, our deliverer. Do not be displeased with us. Will you stay mad at us forever? Will you remain angry throughout future generations? Will you not revive us once more? Then your people will rejoice in you. O Lord, show us your loyal love. Bestow on us your deliverance. I will listen to what God the Lord says, for he will make peace with his people, his faithful followers. Yet they must not return to their foolish ways. Certainly his loyal followers will soon experience his deliverance. Then his splendor will again appear in our land. Loyal love and faithfulness meet. Deliverance and peace greet each other with a kiss. Faithfulness grows from the ground and deliverance looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will bestow his good blessings and our land will yield its crops. Deliverance goes before him and prepares a pathway for him. What a beautiful picture of God's restoring love to those who turn to him and trust in him. And now we turn to John 9 to finish today, a story of a man who is blind, who receives sight, and also a story about a whole bunch of religious people who are blind, but don't think they are. And it really shows us again this incredible way that God takes people who admit they're blind, gives them sight, and brings condemnation and judgment on those who claim to see, but are truly blind. John chapter 9. Now as Jesus was passing by, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who committed the sin that caused him to be born blind, this man or his parents? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but he has been born blind so that the acts of God may be revealed through what happens to him. We must perform the deeds of the one who sent me as long as it is daytime. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, Jesus spat on the ground and made some mud with the saliva. He smeared the mud on the blind man's eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So the blind man went away and washed and came back seeing. Then the neighbors and the people who had seen him previously as a beggar began saying, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some people said, This is the man. While others said, No, but he looks like him. The man himself kept insisting, I am the one. So they asked him, How then were you made to see? He replied, The man called Jesus made mud, smeared it on my eyes, and told me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and was able to see. They said to him, Where is that man? He replied, I don't know. They brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees. Now the day on which Jesus made the mud and caused him to see was a Sabbath. So the Pharisees asked him again how he had gained his sight. He replied, He put mud on my eyes and I washed, and now I am able to see. Then some of the Pharisees began to say, This man is not from God because he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such miraculous signs? Thus there was a division among them. So again they asked the man who used to be blind, What do you say about him, since he caused you to see? He is a prophet, the man replied. Now the Jewish leaders, religious leaders, refused to believe that he had been really blind and had gained his sight until at last they summoned the parents of the man who had become able to see. They asked the parents, 
Is this your son whom you say was born blind? Then how does he now see? So his parents replied, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But we do not know how he is able to see, nor do we know who caused him to see. Ask him. He is a mature adult. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they were afraid of the Jewish religious leaders. For the Jewish leaders had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, He is a mature adult. Ask him. Then they summoned the man who had used to be blind a second time and said to him, Promise before God to tell the truth. We know that this man is a sinner. He replied, I do not know whether he is a sinner. I do know one thing, that although I was blind, now I can see. Then they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he cause you to see? He answered, I told you already, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You people don't want to become his disciples too, do you? They heaped insults on him, saying, You are his disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses. We do not know where this man comes from. The man replied, This is a remarkable thing, that you don't know where he comes from, and yet he caused me to see. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is devout and does his will, God listens to him. Never before has anyone heard of someone causing a man born blind to see. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They replied, You were born completely in sinfulness, and yet you presume to teach us? So they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. So he found the man and said to him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man replied, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus told him, You have seen him. He is the one speaking with you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that those who do not see may gain their sight, and the ones who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard this and asked him, We are not blind too, are we? Jesus replied, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now, because you claim that you can see, your guilt remains. And that's the incredible good news and terrifying news that Jesus gives. He will give sight to the blind, those who admit they're blind and need to have their sight restored, spiritually, physically, in every way. But those who claim to see and yet are truly blind are in the worst possible place because they do not turn to Jesus, and so they will remain blind and their guilt will remain. And so I believe these passages all point to all of us to say that we need to admit to Jesus that we are blind and that only he can make us see and that as he opens our eyes, we get to see him, the one who took judgment in our place and shows us incredible love and mercy so that we too, along with the blind man, could say, I once was blind, but now I see. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You were always there.